everyone. Welcome to Winchester Radio this evening. Um, we're going to be talking about the latest episode titled Captive. Um, we do have a very special guest tonight, uh, so we will not be taking guest call-ins just yet, um, likely later on in the show, and we will let you know and also let you know the call-in number at that time. But right now, we're very excited to welcome back to Winchester Radio Lauren Tom, who plays Mama Tran. So welcome, Lauren. Thank you for coming back to the podcast. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Hello, everyone. So glad to have you back. We've missed you. Oh, thank you. I missed you guys so much. Oh, geez. Back in August, when it was my birthday month, I remember tweeting out to the universe, Hey, you know what would be awesome as a birthday present would be to be back on Supernatural. <laughs> and who knows if the powers that be saw that tweet or <laughs> or exactly how that happened. But I think about you know a, a couple months later, two or three months later, they they called and put me on hold, and then I was just kind of squee. And um, <laughs> of course. You know, everybody knows that we are not allowed to say one word about anything. And, um, you know, it's in all of our contracts. So it was just really hard for me not to tell people that, <laughs> guess what? I'm going to get to be back, you know. But um, so I, I was very surprised and, and, and super happy that I wasn't actually dead. <laughs> well, uh, we were most too. of fandom didn't believe it. Oh, I know. I got so many tweets like that, and and when I met people in person too, you know, at the at some of the conventions, um, they all were saying that to me because we were kind of commiserating and things. But, um, you know, who knows? I mean, what will happen from here? I mean, I suppose anything could happen, but um, it's certainly it's nice to know that I'm not officially dead. <laughs> but yeah. well, um, even that doesn't stop you because Kevin was back. <laughs> That's true. I mean, gosh, how odd just to be, you know, walking home a ghost. I, you know, like, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was reading, going this, reading the script going, well, you don't see that often. <laughs> but at least it seemed like it wasn't that hard for us to communicate, you know. But, yeah, so it was a beautiful script. And um, I was just so, so happy to be back. And then... You know, the producers had asked me if if I would mind if they didn't put my name in the opening credits so that people would really be surprised. And and I said, of course, that's a great idea. And, um, you know, we went through all this work to make, you know, precautions that, that nobody, you know, would know. And then I see the promo, like, about a month ago, and there's a shot at mm. the back of me. And I was thinking, what? <laughs> yeah. Why did we just go through all that work? It seems like they took that out then in in the later promos. I'm not sure if those two departments talked to each other or what, but I was surprised by we, that. Did you guys know that was me? We were guessing. We we were like guessing. theorizing, you know, hey, that looks like Mama Tran, you know. Yeah, unless they just wanted people to kind of start talking about, like, the possibility of it being me. I was just sort of confused. But, but then I well, noticed later... We, the promos that you posted didn't have that shot in it anymore. 
So right, right, right. We've talked about the promo. The promo department doesn't seem to talk or communicate with the actual show people because many times there'll be something like you where you work so hard to keep it a secret and then the promo people will give away the guest star or they'll give away like part of the big ending or the big twist and and it just wants to make everybody just tear their hair out because you work so hard to keep that a secret and it's yeah it's not, that so doesn't it's, make sense the first time yeah oh i see okay so you guys are used to that but that why wouldn't they talk to each other that doesn't make any sense i i've heard it, that like people are you know, we're paying off photographers and everything to keep things a secret. You know, when, when I guess when Benny came back a while ago, they they were really trying to keep that a big secret, and then he was in the promo. So I don't know. <laughs> right. And just, just this week with this episode, the um, CHCH, it's a Camp Canadian channel, uh-huh. um, when they, they posted their promo on the day of the show, and it had Kevin in the promo. And it's and? like, well... Yeah, and it's like, well, there's a huge spoiler right in the promo that Kevin is there, so. Yeah. I know, I just, it's hard for me to know, like, the etiquette at Twitter, because I still feel like I'm fairly new to it, and I got yelled at by a few fans for for spoilers, but, you know, because it aired on the East Coast, and then, you know, you guys told me it was trending, so I got all excited about that. (laughs) And then I put a tweet out about it, and then, you know, I guess, you know, some fans didn't know yet, and it's hard. I guess I guess the safest thing to do is just not tweet until after the West Coast is aired, but that's a long time. <laughs> well, it, it I, is. I, and, and usually um, through East Coast, you know, after East Coast and during, a lot of the um, stars and crew have already tweeted, you know, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I think after East Coast feed, you're pretty safe. Also, um, Stephen Stephen Amell, um, who's the star of Arrow, uh-huh. and, and he's really cool. And he was on on Twitter talking about like the Olympics and who had won something totally different. And then uh-huh. somebody tweeted him annoyed that he'd spoiled the Olympics. And he said it's real simple. Then get off of Twitter. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> get off the internet yeah. because you know it's get, on the front page of my internet. internet. Yeah. I felt the same way because I, I was really looking forward to the figure skating that I had DV, DVR'd, and then I you know went on the computer and it was on my front page. Who won? So I was like, whoops. Yeah. 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 But yeah. so yeah, it's like you know you take your chances. Turn off your notifications. I know it's hard. You know, stay off the computer, put down the phone. <laughs> so I, yeah, I say exactly. after East Coast feed, anything is fair game. You know, I mean, it's sooner or later you've got to start talking about it. So. Don't don't worry right. about it. Yeah, but that was exciting to see that the character was trending. I've never seen that. I've yes. never had that before. It was really fun. I was thinking, who can I tell? Like, who would even know what this is? Like, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That was fun, and it was up there for a while. When I saw that, I was like, oh, yay, I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was exciting. So anyway, um, yeah, I had a great time on this episode. It was really, you know, half of me was kind of dreading shooting it just because I knew I was going to have to, you know, dig deep and, you know, I don't, I don't even like to wrap my head around, you know, something like that 
actually happening. You know, I have two boys mm-hmm. of my own, so okay. I uh, I was kind of dreading it. And it was um, one of the first scenes we shot of that episode was um, when I opened the box and I'm looking through Kevin's things and, you know, Jer- uh, Jensen is, oh, those guys are such a pleasure to work with and they're always so right there for you. And I was so kind of focused and concentrated that I did a, a full-on take with complete emotion and, and hooked up, and I thought, okay, that, that felt really good. And then Jensen goes, Lauren, Lauren, we're rehearsing. <laughs> that, that was the first scene of the first day of, of my working on it again, and that became the joke of the entire episode for the rest of the time, like, Lauren, we're rehearsing. <laughs> <laughs> just like marking for the cameras and things like that, and like you know, I was we just laughing about it, and they were they loved to tease and everything. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, that was uh, it's always interesting to shoot things out of order too. Um, but you know, in your head, you got to kind of map it out the the arc of of what's happening with your character. So that was kind of like one of the last scenes towards the end of the episode that we shot first. And um, so I'm, I'm really glad that, you know, Jerry's a great director and that he knows how to piece it all together and, and take different, um, like, which takes to use as far as making sure that the whole arc makes sense. So I gave him lots of different options about, like, pulling it in and having it really be steely, but then and then another one where it's, I'm just falling apart, so then they could pick and choose. Because... <laughs> You know, in real life, for me, if it was Lauren, I would probably just be falling apart the entire time, you know? Mm-hmm. I a, know what you mean. Yeah. My, but, my but favorite. But Mama Trash, she's pretty tough, though. Way tougher than I. <laughs> so. she, she is amazing. Um, my favorite moment, I think, is when uh, Sam has found Mrs. Tron and he's he's gotten her loose, and she's talking about, I, you're going to take me to Kevin. And yeah. and you're someplace safe, right? And then and then Sam just takes her hand, and, and he can't even really tell her, but she figures it out. That scene was so powerful. I mean, there, it was very simple, but it was so powerful. I mean, was that in the script when he takes your hand? Or no, or? I have to give I have to give props to Jared there. That was his idea to do that, um, and it actually really helped me as well. Um, because it was kind of like a, a real turn, a very sharp turn, because my character's thinking, you know, because he kind of lies to me the first time I ask him. And then um, for me to make that turn, you know, Jared was so great with me in that scene, and um, he just did that, and it, it just, I think it, it made the scene stronger. And you know, I know that most people know Jared is such a jokester and he loves pranks and he's just so darn silly a lot of the time, but he's also a really, really great actor and very giving and generous in that way because that, you know, that's that's not really an easy scene that we had to do. Um, and so he was he was right there for me. So I was really grateful for that. And, and to Jensen, too. He's always, you know, Jensen's always thinking like a director, too, I think you know, and knowing what to give somebody. Very generous, those guys. Um, but thank you. Yeah, that was, I was a little nervous about that scene because it was just so packed. And then also just trying to work out the business of those wires, 
because Jerry was like, don't worry about it. We're not going to be, like, on the wires, because I wanted to really know what I was doing, and then, you know, and and I really wanted to practice doing that, and um, they actually had the wrong color at first. Um, they had me saying that it was blue, but it was actually green, so we had to go back and loop that, because we knew that people out there were going to be all over it, all, all over that yep. mistake. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad they did their research. But um yeah, I you know when I got the script finally, you know right right before we before I headed up to Vancouver, I was like, "Oh shoot, I've been in a I've been held captive for a year. I I should I should try to drop 10 pounds." <laughs> and then of course when I got the script right over Christmas. And I'm thinking I've got all these cookies and brownies and everything around me and stuffing and turkey and uh, and I was trying really hard, but there was just no way I was going to find a way to get those 10 pounds off. So when I got to size, I was like, can you just do it with makeup for me because I can't do it. <laughs> so. that, that was actually one of the questions I was going to ask you about was your ragged wardrobe and your dirty makeup, you know, how, you know, showing that you've been in there for a year. How rough was that having to put on such, you know, look, for you're such a, a beautiful lady and having to go and, you know, get yourself all dirtied up for the part. Well, you are so kind and sweet to put it that way. <laughs> Just that it was dirty clothes because it was, I I have never, you know, filmed anything before where I've had no makeup on. I mean, it, that was just a testament to how much I love Supernatural and how much I love these fans, <laughs> that I was willing to put my ego away, ego away completely and look like, hell, <laughs> I look freaking scary. But you know what? No, People were still so know. sweet. Nobody ever said, you know, God, how'd you get so ugly so quickly? <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. But, but oh, you know, no, my goodness. It's, it's hard for an actor to look at themselves you know, sometimes on camera. It's like hearing your own voice on your answering machine, you know. But mm-hmm. honestly, people were so supportive, and they were just talking about the acting, you know, and that it was moving them. But, but for me, you know, I, you know, the, the wardrobe itself was um, brand new when we tried it all on, and then they, you know, destroyed it like that. And then, you know, I asked them, I, I let my nails grow real grungy, and then they, I asked for dirt under them. Oh, my hands look disgusting. And then just having them put all of that dirt on me and then seeing the set, the brilliant set that Jerry does and everything, it just is. It just added to the whole feeling of being in there and um, mm-hmm. made the acting a lot easier in that sense just because, you know, you just know what you've been through. And um, and just the fear in which, and then also showing the other gal that that died, you know, before they show me, also shows like what she had been through and kind of set that whole thing up, so that I was so scared when James comes in to, to probably beat me up again that you know I think the audience got you know got the gist of it that it wasn't a a good situation in there for a year, but. Um, hey. Speaking of that scene where they, the first time we see you and where the um, demon guy's coming in to beat you up, um, how many times did you have to film that scream? Uh, you know, because that was a, a great scream, but I would think it would, you know, kind of 
get sore after doing it a few times. Oh, that's that's so funny because, you know, oddly enough, if you ever talk to anybody that was in Futurama, apparently screaming is one of my fortes. <laughs> <laughs> and they, I've often had to scream on Futurama, and everybody on, you know, in the recording booth and all the actors and the directors, they all know to plug their ears and and then I don't know what it is about my vocal cords, but I can freaking scream forever. <laughs> wow. And it's very loud compared to how big I am. And um, so it's just always been one. I actually didn't really think about that because it's just one of those things that I'm, it's freakish about me. I can just do it. And so, um, but it, it's it's kind of like it's got three tones in it at the same time or something. It's like harmonics in there, my vocal cords. But um, wow. anyway, yeah. But it was just emotionally that that was harder on me than just physically screaming. But you know, I uh, that's what I, I meant. I just kind of was dreading a little bit um, because I I had even brought Twelve Years of Slave with me as a DVD to watch before I started shooting, just as kind of a prep because I I knew that that was going to be rough and watching that man being tortured like that. And then I just couldn't bring myself to do it. It's almost like, you know, willingly walking into something really painful. So I decided to just use my imagination and just, you know, not look at it. I still haven't watched that movie. I can't, I feel like I have to be prepared. Have you guys seen that? Mm -hmm. No, probably not. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm, I'm waiting for the DVD. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, I'm hopefully my my friend actually wrote that, so I'm going to be watching tomorrow night mm-hmm. on the edge of my wow. hoping that they win, and that's why I also felt bad that I haven't watched it yet. But I just can't, you know. Anyway, mm-hmm. but um, yeah. So all in all, that was like a, a pretty what a great what a great role they've written for me. It's just got mm-hmm. so many different colors. It's one of my favorite jobs, honestly. I hope I get to go back sometime. And I I did want to just plug, you know, for, for fans listening, that for some reason, creation just will not invite me to one of the conventions. And I was just thinking, you know, that's so weird, because on Twitter I get so much support and so much love, and I just think mm-hmm. it would be really fun if Osric and I did one together. So yeah. that would be fantastic. Yeah, yeah I don't we know. we got to get... We got to get you to VanCon in August. Osric is there. That would be perfect. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I just think that they what they said is just that um that it's a really female-based show and that they don't they're not really into um the female characters and I I guess that's true to a certain extent, but I know there's a lot of female characters on there that are that have been to the cons and that fans really yeah. love. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I was thinking oh, maybe, you know, just just to have people maybe tweet them or say, you know, that's not true and, you know, like and now now I've trended on there, so <laughs> right, exactly. Yeah, so we can still tell there, that, too, right? <laughs> yeah, Susan and no, I they're... both go to conventions and Vinny, our other co-host, we all three go to conventions and we love our female guests, you know, Felicia absolutely. Day and Elena Hoffman. Rachel Miner, Alona Tall, uh, you know, um, huge favorite. Nikki Acox. Nikki Acox. Yes, family. Yeah, yeah. So, Kim Rhodes. I mean, Kim Rhodes. Is Kim Rhodes. Samantha, Samantha Smith. 
Yeah, so I don't know what the deal is, but I feel like I need someone to write them and say, look, I was trending, people would be into it, it would be really fun. And, you know, Asif and I love each other so much that it would be really um, entertaining, I think, just to have us together. I agree. Oh, yeah. I, I, I can't think of anything better than having a Kevin and Mama Chan panel. So, yes, Absolutely. anybody who's listening, tweet, tweet to at Creation ENT and let them know that we want the trans at a panel. We want Lauren Tom to come to a convention. Let them know. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, and, and if, you know, and if they wonder, for, I mean, I've, I've talked to um, a couple of the guys who run Creation at Chicago, and I've, it was a while ago before you were on the show, and I've mentioned a couple of guests that we've had that I thought that we thought they would make great convention guests, and I mentioned it to them, and I said, and you can listen to our podcast and get a good idea of of what they're like, you know, with fans and talking about the show. So they kind of, it's, have an, I have an idea. So we will have two podcasts to tell them about that they can listen if they want to have any idea, you know, oh, of how you'd be at a convention. This, is, this would be perfect. Thank you, guys. So, and they, and, they did tell me that, yes, they would have somebody in the office at the time listen to this particular um, um, actor and, and see and then um, go from there. So, yeah, yeah, and they did. They ended up, I think, coming to the con. So that's anybody oh, can cool. tweet our podcast link at them and say, there okay. you go. You're well, I better not be a real now going here. forward. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> Yeah, I know. <laughs> All right, they can handle it. <laughs> and and again, like anything, you know, it's like definitely if you do tweet them, please, um, fully, nicely, real upbeat, would all positive, would love to see Lauren and Tom, Lauren and Tom and Osric Chow together at a convention. Sure, would be great. You know, don't don't don't. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, you always get that rid of it with sugar and. <laughs> And vinegar, that's for sure. Yeah. Yes, definitely. definitely. Oh. But yeah, that would be so much fun. I would, I would love to see that panel. Yeah. Do you guys I, probably do you go to one a year or? Uh, we I used to go to two or three a year, but now I can only afford to go to one a year. So yeah, it's, yeah. yeah I've heard it's yeah. expensive, huh? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Get that way. I go to Chicago, the Chicago Con every year. I started with that one, and um, I go to that every year. I wish again, like Becky, I wish I could afford to go to more than one a year. But that's, you know, who knows? That's, it, it would be really yeah. fun though to go to Chicago because I'm from Chicago. So then, oh, oh cool. Yeah, yeah. Be like going home. Mhm. Yeah. Well, it's they the have them. Where else do they have them? They have them in Vancouver and Chicago, and where else? I think there's uh, one here Burbank. in Burbank, right? Burbank, yeah. There's one. Uh, the Burbank one, I think, is in November. And yeah. then they, um, there's one in Vegas in March. And they're doing, for the first time this year, they've got one in Washington, D.C. in May. That's a new one. They did Boston. Um, they, they did Boston, um, Toronto. Yeah, Dallas and Toronto are in the fall. Oh, my gosh. Well, I went to yeah. Supernova last year, and I and they brought me for Futurama, but I I think about half of the people who came to meet me were from Supernatural. They didn't even know I was <laughs> yeah. on that show, so that was really fun. Yeah, 
I, I have to say, you know, I, I just have never encountered any kind of fan base like, like this show. It's unreal. It's just so much love. It's hard for me, you know, not to get addicted to Twitter because it's so, it's so supportive. Jeez. Once you're a member of the Supernatural family, you're stuck with us. <laughs> we never let you go. Ah, <laughs> uh, happily. <laughs> yeah, and it's good to see that it got picked up for another year or so. Yeah, yes. that was awesome. Ten years. You know, Susan and I have talked it. it. You know, we remember during the first and second season, you know, wondering if we were going to get another season. And then here we're going to have a tenth season. It's just amazing. Have you guys been in fans from the very beginning? Yeah, yep, we've been here yep. since the show first started. Yeah, well, I guess yep. it doesn't hurt that those guys are so hard to look at, huh? Yeah, <laughs> oh, it makes it tough yeah. to watch. Yeah. It makes it really hard. It, it does, yeah. <laughs> and then Misha comes on board, and that's even harder, too. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> He's such a nut, that guy. Did you Did see he... what he tweeted to me? I was going to ask, did you see his tweet about oh, Yes, you? I did. <laughs> You're not going to believe this, but uh, about a few months ago, I was walking my dogs, and it, I was just in kind of a desert not a deserted area, but it was just uh, an off-the-beaten-path kind of area in the hills there, just walking my dogs, and who runs by me? This guy runs by me, and I noticed his socks because my kids are really into these Nike dry fit socks. They're 14 bucks a pair, and I just think, what? what is it about these socks that make it so expensive, right? So this guy runs by in orange Nike dry fit socks, and I just noticed it. And I go, uh, uh, oh, hey. And he goes, hey. He turns around. <laughs> it's Misha. Oh, wow. I know. Oh, wow. It was awesome, that little spontaneous visit and then we talked about the socks for a second <laughs> he's not into them someone gave them to him but it was so fun to see him he is an absolute great guy i mean you know he's he runs that whole you know foundation that he started the random acts of kindness and then i told him about mine which you all have been so um supportive of you know because i'm i fundraise for homeboy industries and and he just was you know, we, he had his foundation partner with with Homeboy to to work on some fundraising, and I just he's really such a great person. He's got his heart in the right place, and mm. amazing. He so, is. He's really really wonderful person. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very um, generous, and yeah, he knows he knows what it's like. He personally knows what it's like to be in a really tough place you know, in your life when he was younger and he's never forgotten them. Like it was like the minute he got the chance, like, you know, Supernatural was pretty secure work the minute and the fandom, of course, he just said, I'm, I got a chance here and let's do some good, you know, let's, let's really do some good. And it just, it got crazy. I mean, it's wonderful, but it, it's huge. <laughs> so yeah, that's see, that's what that's what being you know a celebrity is is great for because all the other stuff is pretty superficial and doesn't mean anything. But when you can really affect some good and change like that, then then makes you feel like you're you know you're doing something. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'm just looking at uh, I'm just on my computer looking at Twitter too. It sounds like some people are listening, which is nice. And they're already tweeting to creation. I can see that's so. Yes, they are. 
instant effect like that. That's so cool. Um, we are getting some great questions from Twitter. Um, Bardic Voice wanted to know if there was any changes in the script between when you first got it and when it was shot, and if there were any scenes shot that didn't air. Hmm. Well, as far as my scenes go, there weren't any shot that didn't air. But Jerry had a real clear vision of what he wanted, and I think, as I said before, he wanted to orchestrate the right amount of toughness for Mrs. Tran and also the softness. So I think the one change that he made for me that was different than what was written in the script is the script, um, the writer had wanted me to really take a moment and figure out and weigh whether I, I wanted to kill um, James, the guy that plays the demon. So when I walk in and, and he hands me the knife, the way it's written is more that a real ambivalence go, you know, comes across my face and I take a moment, and then I stab him. But Jerry really wanted me to just go, no, there's there's no waffling there. Just stab him. <laughs> so it's like, okay, I can see that too. I mean, really, after everything I had been through, you know, she has acquired that toughness. I think maybe in the beginning when my character first came on in Supernatural, I might have waffled, but not afterwards the year that I had just been through. And then I also already knew that my son was dead, and so I could totally justify that. So, yeah, that was um, that's always a very unsettling, disturbing, obviously it's make-believe, but to really just go through the motions of stabbing someone and killing them, it's like mm-hmm. the whole thing was just really... Yeah, I need to go home and just take a hot bath and just try to, like, let all of this roll off of me, you know? Oh, uh, I can imagine. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, a dark like, moment. you know, like Mother Teresa once said, I don't know if I said this to you before, but it was really fascinating to me that, that um, this this idea that, that everybody is everything. And um, someone had asked Mother Teresa what, you know, how she could be so good all the time. And she said, because I'm also Hitler. And that always stuck with me, because what she meant is just that we we all have everything in us, within us, and then we are capable of all of that. It's just a matter Mm -hmm. of what we choose to do, and it's a matter of choosing the good day after day. But it's not, it's not as if like, oh no, I'm, I'm way above this, I'm, you know, higher and mightier than thou, and I, I would never do something like, no, no, that's not true. We're all kind of in this together, and we all have, you know, depending on what's happened to you in your life, and, you know, so so that's how I kind of was, I, I just, I think that I, I try to tap into the parts of myself that are 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 like the characters that I play, so... So that it's more like it's it's me like that, so that it's not so removed, and then I don't judge the person as much either, because mm-hmm. I know that I'm capable of that. God forbid I'd ever get into a point where 
mm-hmm. be in a situation like that, but yeah. Yeah, and it was just, I just remember talking to Jerry, too, about um, about that moment, and he was really strong about it, and I, and I, I also told him that I felt like just the whole design of the show is so strong and kind of beautiful and scary, and the special effects are so good that I, I feel like besides the two stars being so gorgeous and the acting being good, that, that really the set is almost like another character, I feel like. It's so strong. Like I said, like it, sometimes if the script is good, all you have to do is say the words, but you put the actor in the right environment and all they have to do is be. So when I was in that mm-hmm. cell, it was just so disgusting and it was just so gross. I didn't have to do anything but just be present and mm-hmm. be there, you know. So he's he's a great guy. I was, I was glad I got to work with him. That was um, actually another question that um, Bardic Boys had was, what was it like being directed by Jerry Wanick since, you know, he is, uh, you know, the set person. You know, he's very intimate with the set space. Yeah, uh, and and you can tell that he just, I think that that's the job of being a director. You know, you have to really, you have to have everybody's job. I mean, as an actor, I only have to be responsible for my own little character, and he's got to be responsible for all of them and how how everything works together and how it looks. There are certain directors that are much more visual than others. And um, I think Jerry is um, great with the acting. He's an actor's actor, but he's also completely aware of the visuals. And um, you get to know that right away as soon as you get on set with the director. I, I uh, I did one movie once where it was so visual that, it was kind of like, okay, so when you say the word the, tilt your head down about 30 degrees. Okay, now turn your head to the right. Now look up with your eyes and then say the line. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know, that's an example of someone who's just visual and doesn't really care as much about the inner life of the character, which is hard for an actor because then, you know, the the trick is you're trying to, just be present in the moment and not be thinking about anything. So if I have to worry about where my chin is, that's that's really difficult. Mm-hmm. So, so I didn't, you know, I just think that he he had both going on where he didn't micromanage visually like that. He just he just created the set and then gave us really nice um, nice direction as far as the acting goes. Yeah, they're all so different in their styles, so. Mm-hmm. You, I wonder what Misha's like. Did did, did I read that Misha directed one? Or yeah, he it, it hasn't aired yet. It, um, but he's uh, he they um, filmed it within the last couple weeks. Oh boy, mm-hmm. that would be something. Because <laughs> he, I'm sure he's an actor's actor. How could he not be? Um, I yeah, I'm look, I'm really looking forward to seeing what you know how, mm. how he did as a director and the poor guy. You know, Jared and Jensen. I'm sure. Did you see the videos of where they um, they put a pie in his face twice? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what a good sport. <laughs> Jared <laughs> pied him in the face oh. in the middle of the Men of Letters bunker, and um, they tweeted a video. Nisha tweeted the video, and um, then he is walking um, through the parking lot there at the studio and Denson gets him um, a few days later with a pie in the face and they oh tweeted that video. I love yeah. it. Well, I know what jokesters they are and I had a little gift for um 
Jared, and I forgot it, and I left it in L.A. It's a remote control fart machine. (laughs) 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 So next time, if I'm invited back to the show, I've got to bring it. But since I forgot it, I went out and got some some baby clothes for both of them since they're new dads. You know, how exciting for them. Wow. Well, actually, you know, yeah, Jared, Jared already had one before, but it's funny that they both had one in the same year. And I was kind of waiting on pins and needles there because I didn't know when I was supposed to be going up to Vancouver because his wife was due any day. And then just with my Christmas plans, I'm, I wasn't sure, like, how that was going to work out. So it actually worked out the best for me because if she had had that baby earlier, it would have been messed up all my holiday plans. <laughs> I'm grateful to his wife. <laughs> So nice timing, Jen. <laughs> exactly. Thank you, Jen. So let's see. What else can I tell you? Um, Here's a, a cute question from Twitter. Uh, one, Tara Rod. When mm-hmm. She says, as a vertically challenged person myself, <laughs> I, <laughs> I'm curious how it works on Supernatural with the camera angles, et cetera, when you're shooting with the boys. Oh my gosh! You know what? It, it's thank God that's not my job or my department. They have they have to worry about that. But I always know <laughs> that my neck is kind of like um, a little bit, you know, looking straight up with Jared, especially. And I I just thought it was like I hope no one's gonna laugh in this moment because when I come in to stab the demon, I'm the same height as he as that guy was kneeling. And then, uh, but yeah, was Jared kneeling in that? <laughs> I just something made me kind of laugh, but I didn't want anyone else to laugh. But I just really noticed it in that in that scene. And you know, what are you going to do? I mean, I, I mean, I always feel like I'm standing in a hole. I think if they dug Jared a trench, then then it would be easier for us to be in the same shot. <laughs> and I also noticed in that scene where, you know. Uh, Jensen's giving me the lowdown on me walking the ghost, and um, I have the box in my hand. They had us pretty far away from each other so that they could get us in the same frame. Because I think if it was a tighter shot, the angle of my head would have been too too harsh. <laughs> I noticed that because he was on the far left of the screen, and I was on the far right of the screen. It's good though. And what somebody tweeted me the other day is like, you know. Dynamite can come in a small package too. So. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I'm five two, so I'm kind of right there with you. So. Are you? How tall are you? Yeah. I, I I'm five foot two and a half. I have to make Aww. sure I put in that half an inch there. So. Aww. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm five six. But still, next to Jared, that's nothing. I mean, I have pictures. I just, you know, he just towers over me. I have a, I have a friend who's six foot, and she stands in photo ops with him, and 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 they, you know, <laughs> then it looks right, you know, because she's almost six feet tall. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, I, but I, even I, then, he's taller than she is, you know, especially in his boots and all that. But yeah. yeah. I mean, I mean, I well, you know, my husband is six five, and oh. so he's actually, I think, taller than Je- than Jared, I, maybe an inch. 
And um, mm-hmm. I remember when we were dating, you know, he said it doesn't, it won't matter at all when we're laying down. <laughs> <laughs> I said, good line, good line. <laughs> and I still remember him calling his mother when we were in the bloom of just falling in love, you know, he, he um, because my husband is also from the same small suburb that I'm from in Illinois called Highland Park. So he calls his mom at home and says, Mom, guess what? She goes, what? I'm in love. He goes, really? He goes, yeah. And guess what? What? She's from Highland Park. No. And guess what? What? She's Chinese. No. And guess what? What? She's five feet tall. No. (laughs) His mom could not wrap his head around all those things. But, you know, love doesn't know about those kinds of things. No. <laughs> yeah. That's adorable. You know, it it feels a little odd. Like I love connecting with you guys, so I don't really care, but you know, reading about Philip Seymour Hoffman and his life and his work ethic and and everything else, he was he was saying that he doesn't really like to do interviews because it takes people out of being able to believe him in any particular uh role that he's doing and I actually thought about that because you know, if you know more things about me personally, it might color your, you know, your ability to just like forget all of that and just really get into the character. Because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm an animal lover. All these things that that Mrs. Tran probably is not. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so I'm hoping that this doesn't dilute, you know, the the strength of being able to just enter that that make believe world. Uh, of supernatural, because yeah. you know, I'm, I think a lot of the actors have given a lot of interviews. You know, I don't know. Does that yeah. ever weigh into you when you're watching things? When you're watching it, the show, rather. It it doesn't it doesn't affect me. Um, you know, I I like I actually like watching and saying like, oh, I've talked to Lauren on our podcast before. You know, mm-hmm. but I know that mm-hmm. I know the difference between Lauren and Mrs. Tran. And I love you know I love Mrs. Chan and I love you because you're uh-huh. both you're both two very different people but two very awesome people and mm-hmm. you know so you know you can tell the difference and so yeah it, it doesn't it doesn't affect my watching at all. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't you know, I don't think about it because everybody on Supernatural is so so very good at their their job that when I watch you know I see Sam. And not Jared. I see uh-huh. Dean, not Jensen. You know, I see Mrs. Tran and, and not necessarily Lauren. Once in a while, it'll go through my head where, hey, I've actually talked to them, met them, or whatever. But it's always like a, it's like comp- compartmentalizing. You know, it's like it's a sort of over here. It's like a fun, fun room in the house, and then over here yeah. is where. Dean and Sam and all the other characters live, and I don't even think about the actors. <laughs> right, know? right. Well, uh, that's good to hear, because um, mm-hmm. yeah, I wouldn't, I really wouldn't want it to affect, because you know sometimes I think when when Jared and Jensen clown around, clown around, they can seem like brothers and friends, but that's also their relationship on camera. But but uh, actually, mm-hmm. not right now. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hope they work it out. <laughs> but um, oh. I just I'm just looking at I'm sorry, I was just looking at my screen with the Twitter and Mary Mary 
Dominiac is one who asked that question, right? I got to meet her actually mm-hmm. when when we were in Washington D.C. <laughs> oh yeah, she's great. Yeah, she's so nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she met me at the museum because I, I brought my whole family there. So we just—that's the beauty of Twitter too. Sometimes. So, anyway, I was thinking of maybe running that like the next. You know how I always do that homeboy, five k. Mm-hmm. You know uh-huh. that comes up every year. I was thinking of offering this year when when it when we do it. You know, lunch with Osric and I to we'll just like randomly pick someone out of a hat that donates to the five k. That would be fun, right? That would be great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of course. Although person, I guess, would have to live on the West Coast. <laughs> I don't think we could afford to pay them for their flight over here. But that, you know, and again, that would be where, like, a convention would, you know, if you were invited to a convention, mm-hmm. it would be perfect because you could do it during the convention time, oh. you know, if the person is attending the convention. Oh, that's meet brilliant. Up oh, that's a great idea. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right, well, we'll see if we can make that happen. <laughs> I'm counting on everybody. <laughs> <laughs> we will do our darndest. Aw, mm-hmm. good. I'm just watching. Oh, Mary just tweeted again. This is fun. Um, <laughs> you guys have probably gotten so many of the actors on your pack, podcast by now, huh? We've gotten quite a few. We, we, we're we still mm-hmm. waiting for Jared and Jensen, but, you know, we, we've had Osric and Misha and um, Jim Beaver. Uh, you know, we, we've had quite a few. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh! Jared and Justin <laughs> need to do it. What is their deal? I know you You're, need to tell them. I will tell <laughs> them. Right. You, you, you the tell next them. time I see them, I will tell them how great you guys are and how fun. And oh, it, you know you. what? Given everything that you all have given to the show, come on, it's the least they can do. Aw, <laughs> thank That's you. I, well, I, I knew I loved you. Well, no, it's so true. You gotta. Well, I, I, I think they do give back, but I mean, you know. Mhm. So, anyway, yeah, I know Osric is such a sweetie. He comes. He comes oh, down. Yeah. So I get to see him. Yeah, he's always he's always got projects going, and we were going to make a little movie at some point, but then it sort of fell apart a little bit because of the timing and calling in the favors of all the, you know the production crew and all that. But at a point, at hopefully down the road it will happen again. Oh, um, that would be great. Yeah. You know, it's, it's so cool because what, what are the odds kind of of you you and Osric having such a great relationship like your, your mother and son on screen and you're so close off screen. I mean, that's, it's you know, rare. the odds are great about being that way. It's so true. It's it's just it's rare, and I feel very fortunate that we've got that. And then I think that also reads on screen. You know, you can't help mm-hmm. it for because I feel like that that the, the camera really just records what is. So sometimes when you're when you get caught acting, that's what you know. I feel like you can fudge things a little bit more in theater, but a, on, with a camera, especially with re, you know HD TV, with all it's so real that hopefully you've got it all going on authentically and then they just it's just recorded, you know. But it's so easy to to love Osric, you know. And um I hope my sons turn out like he does like he is <laughs> when they grow up. Yeah. He's he's very cool. He's a really nice person. Like really nice. 
good really person. Really nice person. So, you know, yeah. I'm hoping it would be cool to do a spin-off or something. You know, she and I did some sort of other show together. I think it'd be fun. Well, the spin-off yeah. of Supernatural Tribes is going to be in Chicago. I don't know if they're going to make film a little there. I know they are, and I can't believe I'm not in it, especially since I'm from <laughs> Chicago. Come on, guys. Don't, don't they need a small Chinese hunter? I don't know. <laughs> and her ghost, a, a small Chinese hunter and her ghost son. I mean, that would, that would be great. <laughs> exactly. I mean, come on, is it too late? We could just add it. <laughs> or, you know, just I, even you could... You could do a new spinoff with Mrs. Tran and Kevin the Ghost, and it could be a sitcom. I think that would be great. Hey, I can go there, too. You know, we can do it all. That's that's what the beauty of this park for me is. I feel like it it calls on everything I've I've ever done in my career as far as it's got some comedy and it's got movement and I get to do these amazing stunts. I mean, nobody ever asked me to punch someone or kill somebody. I mean, I'm so tiny. Like, I've never gotten that chance before, and so... I get to be physical, and there's drama, and I've done lots of experimental theater in my career, and some of it's so out there that I'm like, yeah, okay, fine, you know, <laughs> instead of it throwing me, because, you know, so that's why I love this part so much. So, but I, I thought it was great that Sam said that to, to Del the demon when he was about to be killed, that, that he said, is Crowley coming, and Sam said no much worse. So he thinks you're more of a badass even than Crowley. <laughs> yeah, that was awesome. That was just what a what a little entrance I got to make. Yeah, no, that was that was tons of fun. Yeah. And then I got to learn how things are done too, just was practicing stabbing over and over again because there's a little breath plate that I had to hit. Please look Please let me hit that breastplate. <laughs> Say a little prayer every before each take, you know. And then the trust of, on James's part, the guy that played the demon was such a great guy. He's gonna get married this year and looking for a place. And he, again, I just felt so much affection for him. I felt like, oh, why'd you get married at my house? <laughs> but then, you know, I, I got too much going on right now. What a great person he is, though. So, yeah, I feel like everyone who does Supernatural, even for a one-off, you know, has it's a special experience, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was he was he was really good, and he was kind of funny, you know, with his role. And yeah, I, I really enjoyed his part. Yeah, he's mm-hmm. a really. He had that long ass monologue, and that's that's not easy to do. Oh he, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. Um, I did want to ask, we, we got, you know, we've really not really learned much about Mr. Tran, um, but then we found out that Kevin had the ring of Mr. Tran. Um, someone said that it was an Air Force ring. Really? I didn't know that. Uh, see, I, I don't know any other more information than what I have from the script, you know, so we all learned that he died, you know, when... Kevin mm-hmm. was a baby, but Air Force ring, interesting. That doesn't uh, surprise me, really. Yeah. A fan or something, apparently they had, you know, took a screen cap of it and said that it was an Air Force ring. Ah. So that's really interesting, yeah. You see, these fans, they don't miss anything. That's why we knew we had to correct that, that uh, wire being cut 
being green, not blue. <laughs> True. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I would love to just know what the writers are talking about in those rooms when they're, you know, scoping out the mm-hmm. arc of storylines. You know, I, I would just wonder sometimes how much more they know or if they're just making it up as they go along. <laughs> I don't know. Jenny Klein took me for a little tour there. That was so fun. I got to meet, you know, um, Jeremy and then have a little tour of the writer's room. And, yeah, it was really lots of fun. Yeah. So are there any other questions mm-hmm. there? Well, I um, I did want to tell you that the scene where um, – you, you, Mrs. Chan sees Kevin finally when she makes it to the bunker. I just wanted to let you know that I thought you just played that so perfectly because you had just the right amount of being happy at seeing him after being away from him for a year, but yet a lot of sadness because you know he was gone. And I just thought you just were wonderful there. Oh, thank mm. you so much. Thank you. I just, you know, you never know how something's going to turn out and and that you know you have to just trust your director that if they've got what they need then you know you you can just relax and and know that you know it's okay to to move on to the next scene but it is a lot of trust because i just was going on my instincts you know about that and just hoping that that someone would tell me if they they needed to be more of this or that but um yeah uh so many different colors in in that script, and mm-hmm. yeah, and I'm I'm sure everyone was so happy that Castiel was back, and yeah, it had a lot. It's nice that the mm-hmm. stories go back and forth. But we shall was... what happens. I am you know who knows they could they could bring us back, but you never know. <laughs> of course, I could be able to tell you even if I if I did find out, right? But. I'm so glad I'm actually worried. I'm, I'm worried about Mama Tran, and I know Kevin is watching over her, and I know she's pretty pretty tough herself. But but she just left to go on her own, and I don't know where she's going to go. And Crowley is still out there, <laughs> and yeah. he'd have her prisoner. Does he want to hunt her but down he, again? Is he mad she escaped? I'm I'm worried about her. Yeah, I mean, because this Crowley, but Crowley doesn't really need need her son anymore, right? No. Or, so maybe he'll just leave them alone. <laughs> I mean, before he really well, needed, so. right? Or do I have that yeah. wrong? No, I think you're right. I think you're right there. And But the part that I'm the most worried about is Kevin is a ghost, and every ghost that we've seen on Supernatural, including Bobby, who was, a huge part of the show, they end up going a little crazy and a little, ev- you know, turning mean. Oh, and no. so, yeah, so I'm I'm worried about Kevin and Mrs. Mm. Chan that way. And that that's what makes me think you guys will have to be back at some point because they can't just keep mm-hmm. Kevin as a ghost. You know, there has to be some kind of closure, closure. with that. Yeah. yeah, because he he really, aren't we trying to get him to heaven? I mean... Right, right now, right. there is no heaven, right? It's kind of closed for business or something? Yeah, yeah. So, closed. Yeah, so I guess there is some tension there until that's resolved because who knows what could happen. Ooh, that would be so bizarre to see Kevin go evil, huh? 
I know. I don't want to see that. I don't want that to happen. <laughs> I'm sure that most of the fans would agree with you. <laughs> that was unsettling with, with Benny, too, right? Right, right. Did, did Benny, because I'm sorry, I haven't really followed the show for, you know, from the beginning or anything. Did he, did he used to be a good person? Benny the Vampire? Yeah. Well, he was... Well, how could could a vampire be, right? (laughs) Right, right. And then he ended. Dean had to kill him, but he it was kind of like he chose to let Dean kill him. So he he still died a good guy. Oh, okay. But then he became evil. Oh, I don't don't think he was ever evil, really. I'm sorry. Who are you talking about when the ghost? Oh, Bobby. Oh, Bobby. I'm sorry. Bobby. Yeah. When I'm getting Bobby, confused with Benny and Bobby. Yeah, when Bobby um, Bobby died and came back as a ghost, and he be, um, he became obsessed with finding the guy who killed him, Dick Roman. Oh. Uh, yeah, and so he became possessed with that, and, and he he was didn't care who he hurt, just as long as he could get to Dick Roman. And right. so he was possessing innocent people, you know, and he was yeah he was just you know obsessed with killing Dick Roman and didn't care if he hurt anybody else in the process. I gotcha. I gotcha. And then, then finally they had to, um, He was he, his spirit was connected to his flask. And so fin- um, then Sam and Dean saw the, the, the little salt and burn with the flask. And that um, put, put brought Bobby what they hoped to heaven but then we found out last year he had been in he he was sent to hell, and Sam went to Sam went to hell and saved him and brought him back and released his spirit to heaven. Oh, I see. So he made it to heaven. Yes, he finally made it to heaven. Good, good. Well, I hope that happens with Kevin too. But although if he if he doesn't for a while, that will create some drama that could be interesting and juicy too, I suppose. It's true. That's true. But. I want, I want, I want him to be able to come back as a person. I want him to be resurrected. <laughs> oh right. Well, that could happen, right? Because haven't Jared and Jensen died? Right. They've died so many times. Yeah. But but if you're but they burned Kevin's body, right? That's the thing. Yeah. Dean Dean burned his body. So then, if you, if the body's burned, then they can't come back, or is that? They, they don't have a body to come back to, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we, we, I just, you know, the trans have become such huge fan favorites, and it would, it just, you know, I love seeing you guys, and I, I, I hated when, you know, it just about killed the fandom when they killed Kevin. I mean, there was a fandom was mm-hmm. just like all in an uproar over that, and. So I, I, if there's some way they can figure out a way to bring you guys, make sure you're alive and still in the background and can come back on the show every now and then, I think fandom would be so happy. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, you know, hopefully someone's listening up there. <laughs> yeah. It's really right. hard to lose Kevin. Oh, yeah. And his mom. I yeah, I think everybody in fandom when Crowley said, Mrs. Tran had died that it was like oh no 
we're we're going to need to see the body because we just didn't believe him. <laughs> That's what every fan said to me when I met them in person. There is no body, so that you know we're we're not even entertaining that until there's a body. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, it was really fun to meet some some people in Australia. But um, yeah, so let's see. Six o'clock now, or actually nine o'clock your time. So mm-hmm. are there any other questions that have come in or I think we're good. Yeah? Okay. So yeah. Good. Well thank you for inviting me for this. And oh thank you for joining us. We we just love talking with you. Uh, awesome. Yeah. Well have a wonderful evening and ho- hope you enjoy watching the Oscars tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, I hope your friend does well with the movie. Yeah, so. me too. So that's great, and All right. thank you for being on. And uh, hope to see you again on the show. And we will will work hard at getting you to a convention here in the U.S. for creation. Oh, that would be great. Thanks so much, guys. You rock. Thank you. Okay, thank you, Lauren. Okay, bye. 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 And for our listeners, um, don't hang up. Stay with us. After Lauren leaves, we're going to continue talking about the episode. So. Yes, lots to talk about the episode. Um, uh, well, we're going to talk about it, and also if anybody has any thoughts or questions or anything, uh, we can. Uh, you can call in. That number is 347-205-9801. So, call, I mean, chat with us, talk with us, stop the episode. Yeah. <laughs> yep, chat, have a question. We always... We get good calls. We get good questions, and we get good insights on um, different things in the episode. So, yeah, it's cool. Um, so, speaking of the episode, uh, it was written by Robert Behrens, who did a really good job. I thought he yes, he had a he lot did. to do in this episode, a lot to juggle, mm-hmm. and and uh, he did a great job. Really liked it, and we talked a lot about Jerry Monic directing already, and. It was amazing. And I, ha- I have to say, like, one of my favorite shots ever was at the beginning of this episode when it was just shot after shot of the bunker with no characters yes. in it. Yeah. But it was so and, cool. And you can see, I liked how this, uh, the visual effects department would put in the little, you know, wispy, you know, ghost thing in the background here and there. And I thought that mm-hmm. was really, really cool. Yeah, and it was such a such an old fashioned supernatural thing, a ghost. You know, way right. goes way back to the beginning, you know, and and everybody watching I'm sure knew right away, uh oh, flickering lights, um, a funny buzzing yeah. sound, you know, the spinning chair was like it was just great. We were like, Uh oh, ghost <laughs> I love when Dean says, Yep, bunker's haunted <laughs> Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he was just like, oh, figures. You know, he wasn't scared. Yeah. It, was, it was nothing. It was just like, crack oh, up. geez. <laughs> <laughs> that, that whole uh, opening um, theme, listening to music, I believe uh, the song at the beginning was also at the end was Billy Squire. Mm-hmm. Lonely um, is the Night, yeah. One of my Lonely favorite Billy Squire songs. Yes, great, great song. Um, I like that here Dean sees the lights starting to go or whatever. We don't really see what actually gets him to 
throw off the headphones and head out of his room because when Sam finds it later, Dean is long gone from the room, but we hear Dean yell for Sam. And mm-hmm. it's a tone of voice where something's up, you got to come now. It's, it's got urgency. He's not afraid, but there's urgency. And Sam is, is up and out of his room, you know, in half a second. And from right. the, the way we know that things are still not good between them, but it's, it's, it's like there's a big difference between what Sam is saying and what Sam is doing because we, we talked about it back when uh, Dean was drugged in the other episode with the, um, with the fish taco. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and Sam goes running bent, you know, like, you know, where Dean, Dean needs my help, something's not right. And it's the same thing in this. He was out there trying to find out what was going on immediately. Um, and I have to say, before we go too much farther, it's shallow, but I just don't care. Sam Winchester needs to wear that gray V-neck long-sleeved T-shirt all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it looked fantastic. <laughs> he really did. And then Dean in the Henley with the shotgun, I was like, wow. I mean, I know there's so many other things going on here with ghosts and the boys are fighting, but holy cow, the boys look awesome. Their wardrobe, so. yeah, their wardrobe was great. I really liked the suits and the coats that they were, well, you know, Sam was wearing a sweater vest, but, you know, their coats and their formal outfits that they were wearing mm-hmm. at the storage facility, I don't think we've ever seen those coats that they were wearing before. And yeah. they were very, very nice and looked great. Yeah. Um, we've seen Dean in a V-neck sweater vest or sweater. I can't really tell. And then now Sam has worn one, and it's a very good look on both of them. Mm-hmm. And when when Dean is um, tied up, and it was a nice change to see Dean get clocked over the head this time instead of Sam. So Right, right. You know, that was a nice change. Sam got the, <laughs> Sam got the week off. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and anyway, I kept, I mean, I was listening to the scene, but I kept getting distracted thinking, wow, Dean's wearing sort of checked pants. Like, they were sort of a like gray uh-huh. charcoal plaid. But I was like, that's very different than what Dean usually yeah. out. <laughs> you know? like, they were okay. both really style in there. I mean, they, they were looking really, I mean, those were some very fashionable clothes. Way better than, um, I think, the first time we saw them. Well, not... Not really, not that would be Phantom Traveler, but in second season when they were pretending to be reporters for the World Weekly News, and, mm-hmm. and uh, it was what's, uh, Fresh Blood, I think is the episode, and they're wearing those horrible cheap suits and, t- and shirts, you know, and everything. It's like mm-hmm. they have, they've really, you know, stepped up their fashion sense there. <laughs> yeah. It's come a long way. So, um, I don't know. Maybe Dean time traveling back to the 40s, you know, because he got to wear that beautiful suit and hat, you know, maybe. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Um, We have a caller. Okay, real quick, I want to see here. Lauren just tweeted us. um, Lauren tweeted us, great to talk with you. Hope we get a chance to meet in person. And she tweeted us a selfie she took on set. Aww. Oh, Lauren is such a wonderful lady. I just love her to pieces. Yes, I do too. It's like 
just like talking like old friends, you know. She calls up it really like, is. up with someone you haven't talked to in a while. She was <laughs> just great, so much fun. And, and I, I think it's really cool that she said, I, I want to come to a Cretation concert. <laughs> 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 Which I just, that just blows me away. I mean, I'm completely flabbergasted that that they wouldn't invite her. I mean, it's it's a natural between her and Osric to do a panel. You know, it kind of offends me that if creation told them that we don't want female guests. Uh, no, that's not true. <laughs> you know, that's so. not true at all. Not at I all. Mean, not at all. And that's like, that's like, you know, the, there's a segment of fans that don't like to see Sam and Dean, you know, with, with, you know, girlfriend or some kind of permanent female character. But, yeah, you know, most shows don't really like to put their main guy with her forever in the show. That's not just supernatural. But but there are many other wonderful, strong female characters on Supernatural. Um, demons, angels. Uh, Amanda Tapping's a big convention person that has for years mm-hmm. with Stargate and her show. I mean, she'd be uh, she'd be someone to invite. And both actresses who played Meg, they've both been there. Samantha Smith, they're fantastic guests. Nobody gets yeah. up and leaves when they come in on the stage. No. Everybody sits right there and has tons mm-hmm. of questions. Yeah, so I don't know where that came from. I don't either. But anyway... Uh, ready for ready for our caller? Sure. Okay. Hi. Hello. This is, hi. This is uh, Snazio or Sue B. I've been tweeting you guys a lot lately. Yeah. Hi. I, I remember seeing your tweets. <laughs> yeah. And that was me who was on the phone a couple of weeks ago with The Purge, um, talking about Mama uh, Tran, having a conversation with Dean. Uh, yes. Uh-huh. Well, I just wanted to say it was so wonderful to see her talking to him in the episode. It felt like it wasn't quite the exact moment I was hoping for, but I kind of felt like the connection was made that between he mm-hmm. and her over that topic of, of how they feel about the other person. Mm-hmm. Her for Kevin and him for Sam. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I thought that well, was nice. She used the same phrase Dean always does, it's, it's my job. It's my job to take care of my son. Yeah, I, I really wish. I really wish we could like interview Robert Barron to find out. You know, was that on purpose? Mm-hmm. But right, right. That was, so. That was that was really good, and, and I liked that. Um, one of the comments I wanted to make, and I kind of wanted to get your opinion, was um, reading Lynn on Fangasm. Um, her assessment was that at the very end, Dean looked um, blank of, of this last episode, and I thought Dean looked pissed. <laughs> and so, I thought he did mm. too. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. so I was, I, I, I kind of thought that that we saw a couple different turning points in this episode with him. First of all, instead of drinking, he was listening to music, which is healthier. Um, he seemed to be less petulant than he had during the purge. Uh, that seemed to be more Sam than it was uh, Dean, although Sam wasn't very petulant, but still, it seemed like Dean was sort of adjusting to what was happening a little bit more. And then at the end, whereas before he had been, you know, had his eyes closed and was thinking about it, 
at the very end, it seemed like, you know, Sam's in a, a reluctance to continue talking, um, and I felt like Jerry did a good job of, of expressing by by pausing there and not moving forward, and before he opened up the door, that he just he was trying to trying to just sort of hold firm on not not uh, just sweeping this under the rug. So that's what was my thought on Sam, but but I felt like um, Jensen showed that he was. Uh, that I'm sorry. That Dean showed that he was he was building up his resolve to confront the issue. He was no longer just going to be um, an angry person. I mean, a a, a sad person about it. Does this make sense? Mm-hmm. It does. I I can totally see where you're coming from. What do you guys mm-hmm. think? Um. <laughs> I, thought, I thought Dean. I thought Dean got his his the uh, shot in at, at well. They're both of them are still pissy. Um, Dean says, you know, I'm just talking out the case, being business like, you know, which just goes back to we're going to work together, but we're not going to be brothers. So uh, it's it's still there. Um, I think again, I said sometimes what Sam says is not backed up by what Sam does you know, running right to check on Dean and, and all that, and also pausing at the door at at the end. Um, one of these episodes, I hope Sam opens the door and we follow him in because we don't know what he's doing in the room or where he is, you know. I mean, I think the episode would have been cool if we started with Dean listening to music in his room and then ended with Sam in his room doing Whatever I'm starting to think he's making like a model of the Death Star out of matchsticks or something because that yeah that you you hit the nail right on the head I, that is my biggest um, flaw I, I see with this season we're we're seeing we're they're telling us that Sam is mad and upset and everything but mm-hmm. we're not really getting. They're not. We're not really getting his POV. The fact that Sam went to his door, but we didn't follow him in. Yet we went into Dean's. You know, we know exactly where Dean's head is, but we have mm-hmm. no idea really where Sam's is. And I, I really wish that you know they would give us some Sam point of view every now and then because mm-hmm. we really have no idea. Yeah, I mean, well, first of all, I agree that they don't show his point of view as much, but I guess I feel like he did more talking than Dean did in terms of what's been wrong, and he talked a little bit more with Cass. So I don't know. I guess I look at Sam's point of view uh, as a little bit more um, obvious, like in terms of he obviously has a good reason to be upset and angry, and he's fighting to keep the relationship. That's why he's still there and hasn't just taken off like he used to do. I mean, he's committed himself to the hunting lifestyle, which I don't think people have paid attention to the fact that, you know, a year ago Sam would have taken off. Yeah, and he, yeah, and he, he was he applying did, to colleges, yeah. He, he mm-hmm. He's not taking off. He is committed to the relationship. So mm-hmm. I don't know. I just To me it seems like Sam's point of view is there's something wrong with this relationship and I'm not going to just pretend it's not. Now, I don't think he's, I don't think he's, I think some of the things he said at the end of the purge were were just not very good at all, but I think the point 
is is that he doesn't exactly know how to express himself quite clearly yet, but that's that's drama for you. You know, they're, they're doing that on purpose, the miscommunication. Well, he's, he's talking, and, and, and we're sort of, like, like, we hear what he has to say to Dean or when he was spending time talking to Cass, but we've seen Dean on his own, so it's like, is the face that he presents to Sam the same as when he's on his own? No, it's different. Well, we know how Sam is when he's with Dean, but how is he when he's on his own and and thinking things through or talking things through out to himself? And we, we haven't seen that really. That's true. I mean, and, and I guess that he could be in his room, he could be, you know, making that model of the Death Star. He could be doing the Dance of Joy because he doesn't have to talk to Dean. He could be crying into his pillow every night. We don't have a clue. You know, it could be, he could be eating a big bag of M&Ms. You know, we don't know. So it's, it's, it'd be nice to sort of find out oh, wouldn't what's that going just be on. Wouldn't that be hilarious to find him, Sam in his room eating ice cream and M&Ms? <laughs> <laughs> Well, it'd be a shock because you know he's we, we need somebody. We need somebody in the fandom to gift that for, or to there, to, that, to, to Photoshop that for us. There we go. That's what Sam's big secret is. He eats salad in public, but in his room he eats junk food. There's <laughs> like a big box of candy bars under his bed or yeah, something. It, it, you know, his, his deep dark secret or, is he hoards he hoards junk food. <laughs> Yeah, or even if we see him out, we know he goes running and exercises. But it'd be great to see him out running some morning and running so fast, like getting all his feelings out running. Yeah, where he I just agree. Runs that would be great. Yeah. That, You're that right. Would be, that would, that be, would be great. And see, the biggest pro- the problem that the guys are having right now is, you know, you can tell, you know, Sam wants it. They both want this problem resolved, but neither one of them will give in, you know, to that. The, the, neither one of them will give in and, and try and step back a little bit and let the other, you know, they won't give in at all. Sam is like, you know, he's standing his ground that, De, Sam, that Dean is the one who needs the change. And Dean is standing his ground that, you know what, I'm tired of it. You know, mm, this is who I am. Sam, and, and he thinks that, and Dean thinks that Sam is the one who's in the wrong. Sam thinks that Dean is the one who's in the wrong. And they won't, you know, just, you know, compromise any. And I, I just wish they would come to that point where they would just mm-hmm. give a little and compromise and things would be back together. And, you know, they always, every year, they split up. But this is the first time that it's gone on for so long. And mm-hmm. it's. Yeah, it's just annoying. <laughs> yes. Well, that, yes, did, you, did you see Osric's um, live watch epi- uh, event? I wasn't he, able to watch it because, yeah. Well, I thought it was, way it was funny. When he, when he said that, you know, that this is stupid line, the, the host, you know, high-fived Osric because he was like, <laughs> was there anybody who did not fist pump at that moment? Right, right. My husband, who he he'll sit through an episode with me maybe twice a year or something. Well, he happened to not be feeling well that night, so he was laying on the couch while it was on. And when it, when um, Kevin said, you know, 
because it's stupid. You're, you both need to um, get over it. Uh, Russ was like, yes, finally. My husband was like saying thank you. You know, he's like, <laughs> I, he's like somebody needed to say it because he gets so tired of the emotional stuff. Whenever he watches Supernatural, he's like, the emotional stuff get, just pisses him off. He just wants to see him kill things. So. <laughs> <laughs> Blow stuff up. <laughs> yeah, I I think also part of it is something that it's it's over the full season. It's like they have to sort of you know kind of get move things along over the full season, which I think they sh- they shouldn't try and do that. I mean, you know, if they work it out in three episodes, great. Just move on to some other kind of conflict or or unite them, um, have them work it out to a point, but then sort of keep working it out. It's sort of, you know, I mean, it's been a lot of nothing lately. <laughs> There's not well, a lot of I, movement on this. I kind of felt like something. Carver in season eight, that Carver really focused on Sam sort of finding himself. And and I've, I've heard a lot of you know feedback that people just didn't understand Sam, some of Sam's decisions in season eight, or and or and there's a lot of negative feedback on things like walking out of the room and whatnot. And my perspective is that I just don't know. I think I think you can I can see what Carver is saying. I think again, like I said, Sam is staying in the bunker. He is settled now into this life. This is who he is. Um, he's a hunter. You know, when when they were separated, Sam went down to New Mexico or something on a case of his own. So he's mm-hmm. he, he's really he's actually changed as an individual. So I think I think season eight, he sort of kind of had his his moment of of trying to sort out who he is, and and he had that that business at the end where he's saying that he finally felt clean, um, mm-hmm. and he didn't have that taint anymore. Where I think season nine is a little bit more about Dean's overarching journey, and I'm not quite sure where we're going, but but clearly the self-loathing, you know, nobody hates you more than you, like Crowley said, mm-hmm. that's sort of the big thing to get resolved. And I'm kind of hoping him getting a little irritated at the end was him sort of saying, you know, I just heard Mama Tran say she'd have done the same thing, whether or not she said it. But what work with me? You understand what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think he mm-hmm. got some sense of justification from her actions with Kevin. So I'm hoping that I'm hoping that somehow he finds his own footing and stops with the self-loathing. So maybe if season eight Sam found out who he's supposed to be, maybe season nine we can get Dean past this. You know, I have no purpose in life mm-hmm. issue. But, so I guess what I'm saying is I think Carver's working at an even longer scale than what you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Hmm. You know, De- Dean's had the um, self-loathing issues, you know, since, you know, the beginning. You know, my, one of my favorite scenes is from um, All Hell Breaks Loose Part 2 when Bobby takes Dean out to the junkyard, you know, oh, and says, you know. I can't watch so- that scene. Yeah, that 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 scene it's one of my favorites and he you know Dean tells him, you know, he is my brother and you know, what mm-hmm. else what a, and he's and Bobby says to him, 
it's it's just uh, yeah I just can't even talk about it. It's just such a big emotional scene, and that right that scene right there proves that he thinks that he has no self worth. Sam is worth more than his life. Sam's life is worth more than his life, and so he's always had that self loathing. Well, that you know what keeps haunting me is what the yellow eyed demon said at the end of season one. You need your family more than they need you. Yes, yes. And isn't that mm-hmm. just kind of what um, Sam said to Dean at the mm-hmm. end of Purge? Uh-huh, and yeah. That just, that just went right to my heart. And yeah. and I don't necessarily think that, that uh, Sam was, was saying that he doesn't love his brother. I know he does. I know he loves his brother. But it's it's... It, but it's still, it's like the yellow-eyed demon wasn't wrong, at least in Dean's mind. Mm-hmm. So does Dean end up giving, you know, not needing Sam as much, or does Dean need to recognize that he's, you know, that his relationship with Sam does not mean that he himself is not of worth? I, I don't know. I'm struggling with what Carver wants Dean to learn. I wish I knew what he thinks is like. If Sam's end game was to be happy being a hunter, and and a man of letters, which I kind of felt like that's sort of what we got out of season eight, then what is he trying to get Dean to do in season nine? Yeah, hopefully we'll find out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is episode fourteen, and I believe. There's 23 episodes in this season, so we're more than halfway, but we still have a pretty good amount of story to get through. Mm. So, hopefully there's... Uh, I, wanna, I want to... Um, again, they're not nearly worried enough about the mark of Cain for me. Oh, That's like, that, got yes, it? Yes, yes, I know. Amen. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was going to be a you know, a huge thing that this second half of the season was going to be focusing on, and they've barely even mentioned it. Okay, yeah. so can, can, I, can I, do you guys know who Matt Mitovich is? Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay, Pretty. so he was up in Vancouver a week or so ago, and so I tweeted him, you know, when he was looking for input for, for TV line, or in his inside line, and I asked him, I said, could we please get something not about tribes, but about you know, the Mark of Cain. Are they saying anything about the Mark of Cain up in Vancouver? And he sent me an email back and he said, they're closed-lipped about the Mark of Cain, anything about the Mark of Cain on the Supernatural set. So to me that mm-hmm. implies not that it's unimportant, but that it's like this massive secret. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they're trying to lull the audience you. into some sort of false sense of security or something. Right. Well, I think it's probably meant to be a huge thing towards the end of the season. So they're yeah. sort of like, well, we're hanging on to that. But still, it wouldn't. It would be okay to kind of mention it once in a while, just so we know that they haven't forgotten because it is. It is a big deal. Yeah. So, well, I think that's why they're keeping Cass away from him. I fully expect Cass to lose his nut when he finds mm-hmm. out Dean is taking on that mark. Speaking yeah. of, this episode felt like two separate episodes. The Castiel part felt oh, yeah. like a completely different episode than the stuff going on mm-hmm. with Sam and Dean and the trans. 
And there was some mm-hmm. really interesting stuff going on with Castiel and Bartholomew and that, you know, that mm-hmm. was a, can, some, can I just off up a shallow on. moment before you continue sure. on about that? Sure. <laughs> Bartholomew's eyes. Oh, my gosh. Have you ever seen eyes that blue color? They were like... Oh, Adam, <laughs> Adam Harrison is a very pretty man. This is true. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there's yeah. there's many shades of blue, but that was that was like a startling, I don't know, aqua blue or something. It was like... Aruba blue. It was, it was, they were amazing. Yeah, they are really pretty, very pretty but, you know, he was playing the part so well, he was creeping me out. I just, I couldn't even enjoy those yeah. eyes. Yeah, he was, just he was creepy. Creeping me out. <laughs> he was creepy. Yeah. He does that well. So I, yeah, I have a, uh, like a, like a question, something that bothered me about one of the scenes with Bartholomew and Cass when they're, torturing one of the penitent, penitent angels at the end and Cass just lets Bartholomew do it. And I'm like, okay, I know you tried to stop him maybe from killing him, but you were you were okay with the torture? I didn't think Cass would allow that again, despite what he was going to learn. Well, we didn't really see Cass say it was okay. We just saw Cass say... We didn't see him physically fight. We just saw him not, we saw him say, I think he doesn't know anything. But we don't know if he he had said that. And he doesn't stop it, and he doesn't do anything. So I was just a little, and and you could tell from from the wounds on the body that it had been going on a little while. So I was just, Mm -hmm. I was a little bit surprised considering all Cass had been through and had been talking about and trying to learn from his previous mistakes that he, he would let that go on or, or without more of a protest. I mean, when he says, you know, when, when he's given the choice, he says, I, I choose, and it's like, kill me, because I'm not doing this again. So I just thought it was weird. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what did you think about the, the backstory between them? I was a little confused because they were talking about going into a fight against Raphael, but I thought, wasn't Cass in charge of the opposition of Raphael? So who he, sent who sent Cass back to the garrison during a fight with Raphael? The the way I took it was, see, Cass, the main angels were Raphael and his group. They were the ones in charge. Cassiel was the rebel who was fighting against Raphael, and Bartholomew was fighting on Castiel's side against Raphael. And then once they um, defeated Raphael and everything, the the angels who were um, on Raphael's side welcomed Castiel back, is the way I took it. So this is is, um, before, where where is this then? Is this before the apocalypse or the not-apocalypse? Or is this after the not apocalypse? This was in um, he's. It was in season six and seven. Well, that's when, what yeah, that's what I was thinking. But again, I was thinking mm-hmm. Cass was in charge of the opposition, and that that until until he um, killed Raphael. Yeah, that's why he was getting um, you know trying to get all the souls and purgatory and everything. Right. So I'm just wondering Raphael. at what point in time somebody would send Cass after the apocalypse back to the garrison. 
That was the part I didn't. I did not get. Well, I don't think they. He was sent back to the garrison. It's. It's basically they welcomed him back because oh. he. That he was. He. He had been rebelling against them and fighting. And Raphael was the one who was in charge when he defeated Raphael. Everybody who was left was brought. It welcomed him back into the fold. I see. I, that's the way I understood it. Mhm. Makes sense to me. I can live with that interpretation. <laughs> your your <laughs> argument is valid. <laughs> well, it's just a, I couldn't I couldn't handle the other interpretation. So because it was then it was a continuity error. Yeah, right, I think right. uh, very interesting whether he wants them or not. Cass has followers again. Yes. So yeah, he's perfect. He's perfect for the the new heaven. Well, he's, he's definitely learned a lot. He's been through so much and seen things from many sides, including humans. So I think he's more prepared to lead. He may not want to, but I think he's more prepared because Metatron is getting worse and worse. We find out he's been going around on Earth. There's been a lot of killing happening. I'm guessing... Gadriel was definitely involved in all that. So, yeah, they're, they're going to need Cass. And I thought the new Angel and Quarters looks a lot like Wolfram and Hart. Yeah, they, they were very Naomi-like. I thought, you know, they looked a lot yes. like Naomi. And very mm-hmm. uh, very Wolfram and Hart as well. And Benny actually brought that up in her recap. <laughs> yeah, so we got it going. All three of us familiar. <laughs> Makes me think of Wolf from the Heart. <laughs> and I just love Sam and Dean's um, fake agent names this episode. Yes, and McVie. <laughs> I love that it was. It not it was not only was it Fleetwood Mac, but it was the two females in Fleetwood Mac. Yes. I thought that was great. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was awesome. It's awesome. Awfully progressive of them. <laughs> yes. I, I'm not surprised considering Robert Barron's, you know, I mean, his tweets and everything. Robert, and I, I love, I love when Robert Barron's tweets about Buffy. He's as like a big as Buffy fan is like we are, and when he tweets mm-hmm. about Buffy, oh, just keep going, keep talking about Buffy. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Uh, uh, another big point was we found out that heaven was closed. Well, that uh, was huge. You know, yeah, yeah, that that's gonna, I can see where that can cause a huge problem, and so the. I guess the souls who are already in heaven, they're stuck up there by themselves. And then, you know, all, all everybody who's dying down here now are stuck as ghosts. And, yeah, that's a big mess right there. Well, I hope... Yeah, and if, I keep waiting for them to realize that maybe closing the gates of hell was not the best idea in the first place. Right, I mean, right. If... if, if, well, if Knocking everybody out of heaven means nobody can go to heaven. 
if they closed the gates of hell, would that mean that we would then have a bunch of ghosts who were supposed to go to hell who can't go there? Yeah, would we have, yeah, you know, a lot of mm-hmm. bad people, you know, haunting the world. I mean, it's bad enough yeah. to have, like, good people haunting the world. Mm-hmm. Well, the good people are going to go crazy and bad, like like Dean yeah. says in this episode. It doesn't end mm-hmm. well when they're stuck in the veil for too long. So I, I love the, the line, like DMV on, times infinity, was it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like DMV bad times infinity. <laughs> And I absolutely, yeah. one of my favorite things was when Kevin first um, appears and he says, here he is dead and he ha- he's stuck listening to Sam and Dean's pity parties. I just... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and then even Dean teases him later and says, boy, you're going to be spending, you know, all that long 24-hour quality time with your mom. Like, oh, boy. <laughs> I loved that. You know why I loved that? Because it was like he's still still part of the family that they can tease right. him. And yeah. the fact that he would call him a dick you know, means that he forgives him. He yeah. forgives Dean. He wouldn't, I mean, if he was holding a grudge against Dean, he wouldn't talk to Dean like that. Mm-hmm. And he, and yeah, he totally, you know, let both of them know that they don't need to have any guilt at all about his death. Cause, mm-hmm. And he told Sam, you know, just go, you know, kill, you know, stick a blade in that other angel, we'll call it even. And... You know, he told he was all there with you know telling Dean that it's not on him either, and so yeah, the whole they just need to, like you said, get over it. <laughs> <laughs> I like the continuity of castle storage. Would, so, do you think that's a chain, like public storage? Because it's not the same castle storage. Because the like castle it. storage of what's his fa- of 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 uh, Papa Winchester is in New York. Yeah, mm-hmm. it must be a thing. Like yeah, you know, we saw that John has a storage thing there. There was an episode this year where Abaddon was at, um, killing somebody in an alley, and there was a big castle storage sign behind her. And mm-hmm. there have been a couple other times where we've, through the years, where we've seen castle storage. So it, to me, it reminds me of on X Files whenever Mulder and Scully uh, would rent a car. It was it was always from Lariat rental car. There would be a bumper sticker right. Lariat, and so I'm get it, it reminds me of that. That's you know those go to yeah. <laughs> mhm. Definitely, I like that. And I see we're still not trying to save the host body. They killed Dean. <sighs> Del yeah. without a yeah, without even car. thinking about it. I was kind of bummed about that. Oh. Yeah. You know, I mean, can can I tell you something else? And then, you know, you probably have other callers, and I should not. I should hang up. But I just wanted to say, I I would pay real money for just as I said in that um, what was the episode uh, Hollywood Babylon, an explainer where they say, you know, like yeah, it's so good that Charlie set up our bank account so that we have money now or something. Right. <laughs> they never show the guys. You know, playing playing pool or, or running credit card yeah. scams anymore, or and it's like Hustling. so. I presume that they that there's something magical that happened that allowed you know it's got its own power generator from the from the uh, dam nearby. Okay, so mm-hmm. that's how they got power and they probably. probably got water. 
But I, I would like to know how Mama Chan was getting home. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. I fan winked. I fan winked if they stole a car. I fan winked they stole a car. Yeah, and and have one waiting for her. If we had the explainer, we wouldn't have to fan wink. They would. They could tell us. That, you know, they got a car. Well, they I, gave her some of the. They gave her some money. Um, you know, and who knows if her house is still standing? She hasn't been there for a year. You know. And well, but I figured that if she had been, but she was on the lam for a full year before that. Mm-hmm. So I figured that she's made some sort of arrangements regarding her house. Yeah. Like, like maybe if she's got some sort of stipend coming in from Mr. Trans passing away, that that pays the mortgage and whatnot, and so she's got auto bills on everything. Mm-hmm. I'm going with that theory. Again, fan winking, fan <laughs> Well, I was thinking about where are they finding their money, and I thought it's it's the Men of Letters bunker, and they tried to plan for everything, and it reminded me a little bit also, <laughs> I made me think of Harry Potter when Harry finds out that his parents had an entire vault in, in Gringotts Bank with all the yeah. money they had stockpiled. I thought, well, why wouldn't the Men of Letters do something similar? Because if they had to hole up in there or they had to bankroll one of their operations, they would need money. And, right. Oh, yeah, so it would be so know, easy to explain this. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. So and, and why maybe they wouldn't put it in a bank because – who knows what would happen to them, and then trying to get it out, why wouldn't they have a place in the Men of Letters bunker that has a stockpile of money or even some gold or, or whatever to keep them and the guys that found it and they're that, using you know, that. Yeah, they can buy their they can buy their fancy new posts that they were wearing in this episode. <laughs> yes. and, and, and I, I did have to make a comment about that. Because I wrote on another website, so I'm going to have to confess, while the shallow side of me absolutely loved the clothing, I really struggled with Dean being that fashion forward, okay? (laughs) I mean, he had the thin light blue stripe that matched the blue shirt, the Glenn plaid with the um, thin orange um, overarching plaid, which is, of course, a complementary color, correct complementary color to the blue shirt. And I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, this is like somebody dressed him. <laughs> so <laughs> it, it took me out of the moment just a little bit. So Either that or, or he's, he was pretty, okay? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so who dressed him pretty? I just want to know. <laughs> Proven that he, he reads all sorts of things. We never know, like... We're always finding out these interesting tastes he has or interests or magazines. I wouldn't be surprised to see him picking up fashion tips somewhere. I suppose maybe he watched, <laughs> he read some of Lisa's In Style. You know, <laughs> who knows? And then, I, again, I, I said earlier that maybe when he went back to the 40s and saw the way everybody dressed, he came back and he says, you know, what kind of life is so... Started Although I want Cass to get his coat long again, mm-hmm. I just I, he needs another eight inches on that coat. Yeah, the shorter the coat, the less dramatic it is. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I know no, mid thigh no is like the current tw- trend, but I liked Cass with the knee length coat. 
Yeah, you know, you know, the billowing coat as you walk through the doors mm-hmm. and everything always looks way more dramatic. So, mm-hmm. yeah, Spike, Angel, exactly. Neo, Mulder, Sully, <laughs> Sherlock. Um, I guess the title, Captive, has been a running theme through this whole episode, sometimes literally, sometimes figuratively. So I thought that was interesting. And also we heard somebody say more than once they were just following orders. And yeah, that was a really big theme. Yeah. Like, I'll, like captive to somebody so else's cut demands. Oh, no. Yeah. That was the Nuremberg defense, and it didn't work then, and it's not going to work now. We <laughs> you know, you have to take responsibility for your choices. So, who do you think? So, what do you think is going to happen to all those guys who are Bart's followers? Who's going to take over for them? Not that, not that skinny blonde dude. <laughs> He just didn't. He didn't have the presence. Uh, look, some of them were going with Castiel, so. Mhm. I don't know. Maybe some might. Let mention Malachi. And then Metatron is out there. Maybe they say, "Well, they figure he's the winner. They want to be on the side of the winner." I. I don't know. Oh, that's the point. They could just go to somebody else's faction and not mm-hmm. have somebody come out from the ranks. That's right. I wish they hadn't killed that one um, sort of that female angel, the one that the Malachi people killed. It'd be nice to, mm. to have, have had her come back up. Yeah, we never got a name for her, did we? No. Mm. Well, ladies, I am very, very tired. Mm. Well, we're winding down our time anyway, so. I am ready to go to bed. I am so sleepy. I think my allergy (laughs) medicine is finally kicking in. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Well, thank you for letting me participate. Thank you for calling. Great conversation. My pleasure. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm just completely enamored. I can't wait till Tuesday. (laughs) Can we just talk briefly about that about that um, preview coming up? Ghost Facers. Yes. (laughs) And the treasure trail. Oh my God! (laughs) I just about died. Only Jenny get away with these lines. I know, and I just, I was like, Dean, okay, I, you got to draw a line somewhere, and I draw it there, <laughs> you know, so to speak. Like, I'm, I'm oh, boy. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. TMI. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, I think maybe if he was talking about somebody else, but as much as I love Travis and AJ, I am not a fan of those characters, so 
I'm with Dean. I will shoot you. <laughs> so, well, I saw I saw an interview they did, and I, I'm just wondering if this is going to be a little bit more serious of a turn. That would be good. You know, I'm open to changing my mind. And I say I love the actors. You know, I've seen them at cons, and they're just wonderful. But well, yeah, I, I know AJ Moore anyway. from from uh, Justified. He is so different. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see on Tuesday. Well, thanks very much for having me. Thanks so thanks much for calling in. We really appreciate it. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. Bye-bye. Okay. Um, we are on the last few minutes here. Again, we'll say thank you very, very much to the wonderful, wonderful Lauren Tom for being on our podcast. We really appreciate it. Um, thank you everybody to listening for listening. Um, I didn't mention before, but I'll say very quickly now, you can find our podcast at blogtalkradio.com slash media boulevard. You can find links and all information about Supernatural, the show, the actors, the latest news, everything at our website, winchesterroads.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Winchester Bros. You can subscribe and download us through iTunes. Uh, thank everybody so much. Uh, Becky, is there is there any actual business or things we need to let people know about? Just, just want to say happy birthday to Jensen. Today's Jensen's birthday. Happy birthday, Jensen That's Ackles. Right. Yep, happy birthday, Jensen Ackles. I can't believe he's in his 30s. <laughs> like, <laughs> 10 years ago, it's going on 10 years ago, we started Supernatural. But we hope Jensen had a wonderful birthday. Um, there was a picture tweeted by Jared. And I think you commented there are a bunch of shapeshifters in the crew, and I think you're right. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. Um I think that's it. I think that's good. Yeah, I think anything else. I think we did a pretty good job. And of course, new episode Tuesday. And we'll be doing a podcast next week. That's it. Good night, everybody. Thank you for listening. Good night, everyone. Thank you.